What is going on, Tecmo team? Andy with the Tecmo Bros back at you. And man, week seven? Is it week seven? Week seven is going to get wild. We're already well over a third of the way through, and we're kind of in that part where you start to know, especially in Dynasty, if you're a contender or pretender, we're going to go over some of those uh, tomorrow and Friday. Uh, but today we're going to talk about, you know, people are already kind of looking at next startups. It's crazy that people are already talking about Dynasty Leagues for next year, which is a little bit early because we're still kind of right in the middle of everything. But we're going to talk about some scoring stuff. We're going to just make fun of some of our league mates. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. Tyler, how the heck are you today? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm looking forward to making fun of what it was really too easy for the guys that I play with that listen to this. It's kind of too easy to make the stereotypes. So um, you know who you are and you know who I am, and I'll be sure to point that out as well. <laughs> ben, welcome back to the show. How are you this fantastic day? Man, I'm feeling fantastic on this fantastic day. Uh, in my league of high dollars, uh, I have both of my starting quarterbacks and Dak Prescott and Tua coming back this week. And so I feel very good going into my matchup with the one and only pod father, Mr. Andy Respalji. So anyway, excited for that ultimate showdown. It's going to be a good time. You guys play this week? We do. Play this week. That's amazing. What uh, are we Andy, betting fourth round picks? Andy unfortunately has his his boy Cooper Cup on buy. So my my high off season acquisition is is on buy this week. So a uh, little bit easier for Ben, but uh, I was telling him in an earlier uh, text thread that I feel fairly good that I, at least I'm five and one. So you know, humble brag there. So if I do happen to drop a game, I'm still in a good spot. And I guess if I have to drop a game, I'm okay dropping a game to Ben, especially when his team's back to full health. So silver linings there, I suppose. Uh, but we're not talking about us. We're talking about our league mates and stereotypes. And perhaps we will resemble uh, some of these types of stereotypes. But before we get into that, I just want to talk real quick about some... We had some, some people ask about our preferred scoring methods in Dynasty League. So we have three ones specifically I want to talk about, see if we have a strong opinion or not. Uh, half point versus full point. Tyler, any strong feelings either way? Yeah, so I like full point in the depth that it provides. But sometimes, like like take last night, um, Austin Eckler had, what, like 75 catches for 33 yards? Um, like sometimes it, like, it's like, is that really a good game? You know, um, it's, it's stuff like that, but I don't mind. Like, I actually like PPR, I like the depth I would, uh, and we'll talk about this probably in a little bit, but I'd love to even see how deep can you make a team in a full PPR league. Otherwise, uh, when I make leagues, a lot of times I actually pick the half point PPR, um, just because there's, it gives more players relevance, but not too many. And you can't get like 10 for 33 and be like, oh, I just had scored 30 because I had 11 catches and didn't get any yards or effect on the game. That's fair. I mean, my personal preference is full point. Um, but also I like just to watch the scores keep rising and rising and rising. So maybe that's just like a thing that I like to watch the numbers get real big. Because, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a smooth brain person. Ben, what are your thoughts on PPR format? Yeah, I would, I prefer kind of like Tyler, I like the half point. Um, and the way I actually like to see that more balanced is go half point, but go with the yardage bonuses, right? We've all seen the leagues before where you get an extra two points if a guy goes over 100 yards, something like that. I would rather reward the impact on the game 
um, and go half point and do the, the yardage bonuses versus go with the full point. Because very similar to what Tyler said, when we see a running back go three catches for seven yards, five catches for 12, and it's just like, dude, like just because you caught a three-yard pass in the flat on third and 11, um, that like you did nothing, right? That is a meaningless play. The defense wants that to happen. That is the defense winning, not you winning. Should that be worth 1.3 points? No, uh, in my opinion, it's not. I would much rather see us reward the excellence um, and go with and go with the yardage bonuses. And maybe even we up the yardage bonus. Maybe we go 125, right? Or 325 for a quarterback to see that uh, that level of of excellence be rewarded. I guess that makes sense because I, I always do get a personal chuckle when it's like one catch for negative five yards. You still get half of a point kind of, you know, a really failed screen pass where the defense just completely read it. Like you still get points. I guess that's, that's nice. Um, the one where you should have just batted the ball to the ground. Like you'll see guys do every once in a while. Like it's just like, come on. Like oh, that was the James white special. That was just like the, if he's going to lose five yards, he's just like, I'm just not going to catch this one. It's going to go ahead and knock it right out of bounds. Um, one that I think we'll get a little bit more. I mean, we'll see the, so quarterback, especially in a super flex situation, um, Every quarterback is going to see play every week, mostly. Um, so four points uh, passing touchdowns versus six point passing touchdowns. Obviously, most leagues, you have a six point rushing touchdown for your quarterbacks. That's going to definitely give you guys like, you know, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, that kind of stuff is going to be way more valuable just because they're going to be running in, you know, six to eight touchdowns a year. Josh Allen also comes to mind. Um, what do you guys think of making six point passing touchdowns to give more pocket people like, you know, back in the day, your Brady's or even present day, your Joe Burrows, a bit more of a, a fair leg to stand on when it comes to quarterback scoring. Um, any thoughts? We'll start with Ben this time. No, four points no. is where you go. Um, if there's quarterbacks scoring a ton of touchdowns, like good for them. That's hard. It's a skill. Like let's reward it. They're also generally uh, taking a little bit more risk there. Uh, with their bodies. And we've seen that from a number of different quarterbacks through the years. You very rarely see quarterbacks that run around a lot, make it the 39, right. Um, or at least not later in their career, are they still super mobile and throwing their bodies around? So no, I think you go four points. Um, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are still really freaking good at football, right? Like guys who get back there and are really good at slinging it can still be super valuable in fantasy. Um, and on a week to week basis, when, when Pat drops, you know, four TDs and 370 yards on somebody, um, it's still a pretty dominant performance. And, and I don't think it's necessary. Tyler, your thought process. Yeah. So if I'm in a super flex, I feel like four point, otherwise a quarterback that already gets more touches in a game than anybody else is going to even be more of an advantage at a super flex. Uh, with a six point uh, for TDs. However, I do think there is something to be said that um, scoring can be broken because Justin Fields just scored 21 points this past week. And I don't know if you guys watched Thursday, but that didn't feel like a top 10 quarterback in the uh, or top 12 quarterback in the NFL performance. Yes or no? I mean, he didn't look amazing. Uh, but that's what you get with a rushing floor, right? So, I mean, he rushed for, what, 80-something yards? So that by itself is eight, and on top of some bad passes and a touchdown here or there. 
like that's the Jalen Hurts special right there. Like that's just how scoring works. So unless we change how scoring works on its face, like it's not going to look great. Like Ben is the biggest hater of Jalen Hurts, and he'll even tell you that like just that's just how fantasy scoring works. So not a great real life quarterback, but there is that real good fantasy quarterback, and that's right. I I know people argue you can't have one or the other, but like Justin Fields probably not a real good real life quarterback currently but is a serviceable fantasy quarterback. Yeah, so like I personally don't even mind that. But if people mind that or if you want to get back at that a little bit in single quarterback leagues, I'm okay with going 6 point for TDs. Um just because the it evens out some passing guys like the Jared Goff to the Justin Fields. Jared Goff in my opinion is having a better season um than Justin Fields, but I wonder if Justin Fields might be better for fantasy rest of way just because of the running ability. Well, now all of a sudden, if you do six points per TDs, I can see where that would balance it off. Do I have a strong opinion of this? My opinion is a play in leagues with four point passing touchdowns. So that's what I kind of go to, but I get it is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I, I think ultimately I'm on the four point as well. So I six point while great would, you know, I feel like it's almost just like a full point versus a half point in the sense of it would make the great quarterbacks infinitely better. And you just have that power creep move where like, it's just making the bigger numbers go bigger. And that's while enjoyable in my brain, uh, that's going to make Josh Allen just go nuclear every week. Cause six point TDs are crazy. Uh, we'll touch on real quickly defenses and kickers, especially in a dynasty aspect. What are your thoughts on defense and kickers? Ben, we'll start with you. Uh, yay to defenses. I, I like defenses. I think trying to play matchups with defenses are relatively predictable when you either have a, a really good defense or you're going up against a team that's particularly turnover prone um, or gives up a lot of sacks. There's there's ways to kind of look at it and plan ahead for it. Tyler is well known in all the leagues that we're in for trying to pick his playoff defenses by like week nine, um, where he's already lined it up and has a couple defenses stashed away or has whoever is playing the Jets the, in, in the in championship week on his roster, um, things like that. And, and I think that there are ways that we're kickers, man. My problem with kickers is not that it's not part of the game. It totally is. My problem is that they don't get the opportunity to affect their own role within the game, right? Like a kicker gets rewarded when his quarterback overthrows a wide open receiver um, at, in the end zone, right? And he kicks a 50 yard field goal, right? Like that's not even helpful for his team, right? But now he just walks out and he scores five points. And it's, there's just a lot of randomness in, um, in kickers. And I think that there's far less randomness in defense if you look at it, not completely, but significantly less variance. And I think that it's more, um, a little more fair to, to go with defenses. And, and I like the fact that defenses and special teams, right, um, have have a place in the game that way. Whereas kickers, like, it's just, it just feels different. And part of that is probably just some personal preference. So I'm just going to, uh, before I throw it to Tyler, I'm going to just agree with everything you said. Um, defense, I'm a little lower on, like, it's fine. Like in, in our shared dynasty league, we definitely have defense still. And no one probably has the defense they drafted for the startup on their team. still. that's definitely the one thing you stream mostly every week, uh, unless you have one of the stout defenses this year. But, um, like, I think you're holding on to the, the Cowboys defense, rightfully so. 
Um, but unless you have something like that, you're definitely streaming most weeks. Tyler, any thoughts on defense and kicker in a dynasty? Yeah, uh, for defenses, uh, I think one defense in a dynasty league is fun. Like gives enough variance, and there has there's a little bit of strategy in doing that. I cannot. So humor me for a second. Um, all right, I have to pick between uh, Brandon McManus and Ryan Suckup this week. Um, which kicker would you pick, Andy? I would pick Brandon McManus. Why? Because his team is more likely to not get in the end zone, but right. probably on that side of the field. I would pick Ryan Suckup because I like his name. Right. So I think you guys just proved my point. The amount of analysis and the amount of planning that goes into a kicker and a kicker decision, like there are no other factors. So like, uh, that's why I don't like kickers. Kickers are great for football, but they, they suck. (laughs) Yeah. I think, I think we're all on the same page there. Defense. Yay. Kickers. Nay. I've I've already been enemy of one of my league mates because he was like, we should get kickers. And I'm like, no kickers. I put my foot down. There's no league vote. That is an Andy commissioner. No kickers in my league ever. Uh, so let's talk about some just league settings in general. So you folks have been playing Dynasty for a lot longer than I have. Uh, this is my second year. Um, obviously, you've been at much longer. How do you prevent a team in your league from tanking? Obviously, if they're in a bad spot, we have a couple of folks in, in Ben and my shared league uh, who are kind of on that tank train. Uh, not obviously, but definitely trying to get there. So what would you do or how do you kind of suss out obvious tanking? Ben, why don't you start? Yeah, so I think that what you have to do is kind of hold the line on guys intentionally trying to be bad, right? Starting guys that are obviously not playing, guys that are injured, not filling out their rosters like that is that that's no good, right? That's an integrity of the league situation, but a guy trading away to all of his best players and starting a bunch of young guys trying to see what hits and what happens and make sure he gets a good pick for next year. Like, I I think that that's real, right? We see that happen in actual football too. Why that, why are the Steelers knowing that they're not going to make the playoffs playing Kenny Pickett until he got his head, head knocked in literally right? Like, because they want to see what they have. They want to know what's going on. Same sort of thing um, in in Dynasty. And I think as long as guys are attempting to put out from the players on their own team, the best roster and and starting guys in spots and not being totally egregious, I think it's okay. I I think that honestly, it's kind of how it should go is the guys who aren't as good are, are preparing for next year. And that's part of what makes it fun. They have hope. And that hope is next season. Tyler, why don't you jump in here? Yeah, I um, I wonder if there's a difference between tanking and cheating, right? So cheating is like manipulating the system to be able to do that. Tanking is could, could be a little bit of a strategy. Now, uh, when I say anti-tanking or anything like that, what I think is best practice for it is to have a set of rules that are documented that help guide um, what the league is able to do and what they should not do, Right. Um, hey, you have to make sure, like on the rules, hey, you have to make sure that you start somebody. You can't just let buys go into your league. Hey, you cannot collude with other managers. You have to actually play the game uh, and put your best lineup or what you can think is your best lineup forward. But at the same time, you can make moves in an effort to win a championship. 
And sometimes that is rebuilding. Yeah. And I think that it's from what I can see, it's fairly obvious what a rebuild looks like. Um, Because obviously, like you mentioned, make sure you start a player every week, you know, put a lineup out there the best you can. Um, I don't think anyone's, you know, I think anybody wants to rebuild unless you know it, it's a challenge or something fun for them. I think Ben mentioned he's rebuilding just because like free league may as well haven't been there yet. But you know, I couldn't see myself like enjoying a rebuild in the dynasty league that Ben and I share because I'm paying a good chunk of money to lose, and that's kind of a bummer. But that's and that's one thing too. Anti tanking, make a buy in pretty investment worthy because like that's going to make someone not want to tank uh rebuilds might be a bit quicker to be like you know i'm identifying what i have i probably need to rebuild if i'm going to be competitive in the next year or so so we should start going now um but with that being said we'll kind of transition to the next point uh dynasty league trade deadlines i know that was a point of contention in our shared league last year i cut it off at week i want to say it was week 13 um, we did change it to uh, right before the start of the playoffs, or it might have been before that. We pushed it back, essentially. Um, so what are your thoughts on a trade deadline in the dynasty? Should there even be one, Tyler? Yeah, I think a, a trade deadline should only exist, should only be, or the only time there shouldn't be trades in dynasty is during the fantasy football playoffs. Outside of that, I, I am open for trades. And I'd say the fantasy football playoffs, or in other words, the start of like the Thursday night game for the last week. Like up until then, you can be deciding what you're doing. And the reason I say that and not necessarily a week before is action in the league is good for the league. And so you don't want people to lose interest. You want to keep everybody engaged. Fantasy football ultimately is supposed to be fun, even though it does it's not fun when you lose by like one point because you're devastated on Monday night and you literally watch the whole game and then they caught five passes on the last drive. That's when it's not fun, but overall it's supposed to be fun. And that is action in the league and guys making moves. So I wouldn't put rules in or put deadlines in that hamper that. So I did find what it was. We moved it back in our league. The one that Ben and I share Uh, from week 11 was the deadline last year. We did bump it back to it's week, I believe 14, no, 15 now because of the extra extra game. Um, so now it's at the start of the fantasy playoffs is when the trade deadline is. Ben, was that a good or a bad move? I can't remember how you voted. It was anonymous. Uh, what are your thoughts on trade deadlines? Honestly, I, I don't remember how I voted. And I don't have strong opinions on trade deadlines other than they need to be well announced. Um, and just just remind people of when it is. Make it abundantly clear as a good commissioner, hey, like, here this is, like, there's no, like, here's a deadline. What? No, you didn't have it in before the deadline. Sorry, you, you can't make any more deals. None of this, like, weird, like, anyway, people try and do weird things. Get rid of that garbage. Just may have a clear deadline. Allow it to be something that is voted on. Allow it to be something that has changed. But go into a year. Make it abundantly clear when it is. Remind people of when it is. And then rock and roll. I don't have strong opinions on when it should be versus when it shouldn't be. Um, yeah, the trade deadline isn't something that gets me losing sleep regardless. All right. Well, those are all the questions we had about the actual league rules uh, that we prefer to have. Um, so hope you guys took something away from that. We're going to finish the episode with the last 10 minutes. We're going to talk about some fun league mate stereotypes. Ready, down, put, put, put. So. 
everyone knows someone who falls into these categories. And it's just one of those things where if you're listening, you probably know you fall into one of these categories. So this is just people you deal with. And thankfully, our league has a league chat instead of message boards. Those were always hard to work with. Uh, ben, what is your favorite league stereotype of a person that you can just, you know, if you want to call somebody out, by all means, if not, just you know, we can allude to them. But what's your favorite one? Um, I would say my favorite one is probably the tinkerer. Um, I like it when those guys are in my leagues because then even when their team is really good, they're always still willing to uh to kind of hear and listen out a deal when nobody's made a trade for a couple weeks. It's like they're just like itchy, right? Ready to go, ready to do something. And sometimes you can get them to do something dumb just for fun. Um, and so I I always like uh I always like being in a league with a tinkerer. Tyler is one of those guys. Tyler is the tinkerer. Um, they're my college roommate who's in the same league that Tyler and I are in, uh, is also a tinkerer. There's, there's those guys. And I have made trades with each of them almost every year that are generally meaningless just because they like trading so much and it makes me laugh. Um, anyway. And so I enjoy the tinkerer guys. Cause I actually am a little bit more typically of the stand patter and the basketball fan. Um, and so it's good for me to be in leagues with folks like that because it pushes me to continue to uh, move to make my team better always. So I can definitely uh, resonate with the the tinkerer in the sense of not necessarily trading uh, just to shake things up, but I'm the guy that tinkers his lineup every day of the week. I'm just like, man, what if I think about it this way? And maybe Josh Palmer is going to somehow outscore like Cooper Cup. But this is the smart man's play, right? Big brain thousand iq plays so uh definitely feel that one also before i saw this list i didn't think about it but i definitely have i am guilty of this so if you play in a league with me you will know this and i'm getting better people have mentioned that i'm getting better about this i was definitely the early concession guy for a long time being newer to fantasy football uh is you know it's hard not to take things uh as they happen so you know going into a thursday night game you got no players your opponent's got two players, and all of a sudden you're you're staring down a fifty to nothing situation. You're like, well, this week's already over, so I'll just pack it up and think about the next week. Uh, so it's hard not to do that, and then also be slightly passive aggressive, sending text messages to everyone, being like, man, freaking this week, am I right? This is ridiculous. Uh, so I I definitely felt that for sure uh, when I think Tyler added that one, but so he's just calling me out directly. Never had the pleasure of playing in a league with Tyler, but. That was fantastic. Uh, Tyler, what are you thinking about your stereotypes? Yeah, so first I'm going to say I'm definitely a tinkerer. And uh, the other one is the early concession guy. It's always funny to me to see how early they can concede, right? Like, oh, looks like uh, week nine's coming up. I'm going to play this guy. So I'm going to go ahead and say sorry about that. That's my bad by week, right? Like, it's, like it goes as bad as that. Um, but the guy that probably frustrates me more than anybody is the stand patter as a tinkerer <laughs> the stand patter should do things sometimes that they don't do for the sake of their team and then what that does is it means that i don't get to trade or tinker or to do the things that needs to happen um the stand patter is is the guy now my favorite guy because we already talked about the stand patter a little bit my favorite guy is the overreacher uh, the guy who 
we'll just or sorry overreacher overreactor overreactor the overreactor guy is the guy that's like oh pat mahomes he's terrible now uh he's on the trade block i'm gonna i'm gonna just go trade him because i'm mad because he threw a pick at the end of the bills game um yeah hey i would love to talk to you about your interest in trading your best player um i a tinkerer would love to mess with that and see what you would like to do uh those guys happen all the time or they overreact to like hype in the preseason uh these guys especially in dynasty leagues they will love a draft pick you know they're so excited about what their team could be in 2025 that they don't forget that they're playing in 2022 and so that's the one that um those guys that's my favorite and my not so favorite the stand patter and the overreactor so I'm going to leave names out of this because I'm unsure if he listens to the show. Um, however, I'll make it as vague as possible for the overreactor specifically uh, new wide receiver on a very high scoring team kind of off to a slow start this year. Uh, big things are expected. I think it was week three. He put up, I don't know, five, six points. And then all of a sudden in the chat, he's on the block. This guy's got to go. And maybe five minutes later is like this guy for like an, a late second. And he was just gone into the ether off the roster. So you're looking at the scoring system and it just says like, this guy scored this many points off roster. And you have to look at next week to see, oh, just immediately booted him as a Thursday night game. It was ridiculous how fast that happened. Uh, it's just sometimes it, you know, have expectations and just just kick him to the curb, essentially. Um, I want to ask you a question, Tyler, because you are uh, obviously the trader of the group of the three of us. You engage in the most trading. Uh, how do you deal with someone who's an overvaluer? So this is one of our stereotypes where they don't want any of your guys. And if you do inquire about, hey, you thinking about possibly moving this guy? If so, let's start a dialogue about this. And he's like, well, it's going to require at least this. And all your guys are trashy. So I don't know if I want any of your guys, but let's talk about it. So how do you deal with the guy who like devalues your roster? Granted, sales technique, sure. But how do you sort of come to an agreement with someone that is expecting the world for a guy who's not worth the world. Uh, I either move the conversation to a team need. Hey, what does your team need? Uh, what, what, what are things? Oh, I can actually help you with that. Oh, here's the story that you need to do that. Or I uh, stop talking to him and I go talk to the overreactor. Um, one of those two methods will normally get, to, get you somewhere. Uh, if somebody's going to just overvalue to the point where it's just ridiculous, then at a certain point, you know, it's just you mess your team up if you trade with them. So, like, they probably will look like a stand patter, even though they're their overvaluer. I feel like all the players that I want, though, are on the overvaluer or the stand patters team. So it's just hard to crack how to get through that because, you know, Ben knows who exactly who I'm talking about. There's a guy who's got a lot of players that I like a lot for a, a championship push, and you can't even get a hold of this guy. Just never responds to it. So I'm just trying to figure out how to get those guys off his team for something valuable because I can't even start a dialogue. And that yeah. that that could be a problem. That could be a league mate problem in the sense of you got to make sure these people are like active and available. And it's it's always hard to craft 12 people into one league that fit really well but uh, i know you guys you guys were talking about something off air we'll kind of finish with this one for this episode um you mentioned there was one guy who was uh this stereotype of always one step ahead guy care to Man. go into that tyler and i are in a league where our buddy derek and uh for years 
there would be a guy that Tyler and I would be like talking through, like, oh, you know, you got a waiver. Like, all right, who are you picking up on waivers? Like, if you're if you're going after him, like, I won't, like, unless you name my guy, like, here, I'm going to text you real quick, then say it, and I'll get your text, something like that, right? And it, it felt like for, honestly, for years, literally for the last decade, at least half the time that Tyler and I would have a guy we wanted, we would both realize, like, five, six times a year that the guy we already wanted had been on Derek's team for like a week. And somehow he was just always a step ahead of us. Like he had some sixth sense, like he's got a friggin' NFL GM friend or something that he somehow knew which guys were going to bust out and just sort of had inside Intel. And so anyway, um, now with Twitter, I actually feel like he's a little bit less ahead of everybody else. Like news breaks a little bit differently and there's, there's just more content out there, but Derek actually wrote for, who do you write for Tyler fantasy pros? Was it early on? Yeah, it was fantasy pros. Yeah. And he just, especially back then, we're probably talking like, like 2014 type years. Derek was just out there hustling, killing us all. Um, and one like back-to-back titles too. It was, it was the most frustrating thing in the world. And I'll just leave this one as we, uh, exit for this Wednesday evening, uh, shout out name mentioned this time, shout out to the Dixon for being you freaking rule follower sharking everyone's rosters for if someone's ineligible for the IR, just, I, I, I made a joke in some power rankings that I wrote a couple of weeks ago that Dixon just wakes up, brews himself a cup of coffee and goes, man. Let's go over everyone's lineup, see if everyone's compliant today. And then just post that morning, just like, hey, uh, insert person's name here, just so you know. Uh, this person's not eligible for the IR anymore, so you are out of roster compliance. And he's not the commissioner, because I'm the commissioner. But shout out to Dixon for keeping the chat alive, and we appreciate that. So that will do it for this Wednesday episode of Tecmo Bros. Thank you, Ben and Tyler, for being here. I'm excited for tomorrow. We get to grade ourselves on our sneaky starts and give you a bunch of new sneaky starts. So we will catch you tomorrow, Tecmo team. Check us out on Twitter at Tecmo Bros, and we'll catch you on Twitter.